Hello and welcome to the First End Football Show. I am your host, Tobias Brown. And folks, we're back with another great episode. You guys told us that you liked the football in Japan. So we went out and got you another quarterback who's currently playing in the X League. I'm joined today by former UConn Husky, David Pindell. David, how are we doing today, man? I'm good. Appreciate you having me. Yeah, for sure, man. It's a pleasure to have you on. I want to start with, you know, your early years. Coming out of high school, the recruiting process. What was... What was that like for you coming out of high school, and how did you end up at UConn? Well, for starters, you know, I didn't have the uh, the normal, you know, recruiting process that a lot of kids have. Um, I started playing football late, so I started playing football sophomore year of high school. Um, went to Oakland Mills High School in Howard County, Maryland, small town, like right, side, right outside of Baltimore. But, um, you know, football for me, it was like, I watched Michael Vick play one day, and then I just like you know I got up and was like yeah, I want to do that, and um went and tried out, and my my my, uh, my football started sophomore year, first year of uh, sophomore year, on JV didn't really go so well, you know on TV it looks real easy, everything looks real smooth, and then when you actually get out there, you know the pressure comes at you, everything is just complete opposite. Like my whole sophomore year, like, I was just getting ready for the season to end because I'm just like, I don't want to keep doing this. It's just it's too much for me. Then um, a varsity head coach had talked to me after the season, you know, exit meetings. He was telling me, you know, you got really good speed, David. You have a big arm. Um, you have potential. I'm going to work with you. So came back junior year. You know, he worked with me in all season, you know, with my mechanics and just teaching me the basics about quarterback. So I'm like, okay, sophomore year got a little bit better. We finished, like, I think four and six. And then um, senior year, I came back. And he was like, yeah, this is your year. You know, I'm going to work with you this offseason. You know, we got to have a big year. So, you know, came back for that senior season. He worked with me in offseason, cleaned up my mechanics a little bit, taught me the game of quarterback and a little more, finished the season, um, I think, undefeated, lost in the first round of playoffs. So, um, you know, me, I don't know nothing about recruiting, never heard of Division One football wasn't really interested in anything. I like, don't know nothing about it. It's just, you know, I just wanted to play because I seen Michael Vick. I just wanted to do that for that high school year just to be, you know, for my high school. So uh, after the season, you know, University of Maryland came talking to me, to, uh, come talk to me. Towson came, Buffalo came, and a bunch of CAA schools came. So my coach was telling me, my high school coach was telling me, yeah, a lot of schools are recruiting you. They're interested in you and all this stuff. In my mind, like, I go home, I go look up everything. I look up Maryland, Buffalo, Tennessee, um, these, like, top-notch schools, and, like, you can get full scholarships there. So um, there was one coach, uh, Coach from Syracuse, he was telling me um, when he came to talk to me, he was like, yeah, with your grades, Dave, you wouldn't be able to qualify for a Division One scholarship. So your best bet would be to, you know, score really high with an SAT with your uh, GPA in order to accept one, but that would be really hard. So uh, in my mind, I'm just like, dang, like I missed out. So um, they kind of like backed away. It's like, yeah, because, you know, we're not going to put our all into you if we don't know you're going to come out with a certain SAT score. And like I understood that. So uh, my high school coach was telling me, you know, you can talk to some D2 schools that are, talking, that are interested in you or some D3s. And then JUCO, Black wanted JUCO, they reached out to me. They was like, yeah, we want you. We'll give you a full scholarship. We come up there. He basically broke down with junior colleges. He, uh, Coach Pardini, he was telling me, you know, junior college, you know, you come in here, you do what you got to do in the classroom, and you, you know, it's a chance for you to fix your grades, 
and you come in here, play like you did your senior year at uh, Oakland Mills, and, um, you know, every door, every school in the country is going to be knocking on your door. You know, when you're young, you know, you buy into that. And I bought into that. And I'm just, you know, I'm a type of kid. I follow directions. I do what I'm supposed to do. I don't complain. I don't put up a fight about nothing. So I'm just like, okay, it sounds good. Is this what I got to do to, you know, get to the next level? I'm going to do that. So, you know, I did exactly that. Came in freshman year. Um, I came in, backed up uh, Virginia Tech transfer. My guy, Andrew Ford, he came in there. And um, I backed up him, learned from him, learned a lot of things about him. And then sophomore year, you know, I won a starting job. And then broke all the records at Lackawanna. We finished undefeated that year, went to a bowl game, lost in double overtime, I think it was like 45 to like 56, something like that. And then, um, you know, all the schools started recruiting me. So, you know, I had off like Louisiana, Lafayette, Southern Miss, New Mexico, Temple, Yukon, Coastal Carolina, Eastern Michigan. And um, I narrowed it down to Yukon, Temple, and Coastal Carolina. I took my visit to Coastal Carolina first. Liked everything about it. Um, great facilities, great atmosphere, great uh, environment, location, everything's beach, ball in the beach. And can't get no better than that. And then um, took my visit to Temple. And Temple, I know a lot about Temple, you know, as I started like late in my career when I was in JUCO, just learned about college football a little bit more. I learned Temple is like a tough school, you know. They always got a good football program and it's like in the heart of Philadelphia. And that's my family's. Um, mom's side of the family is from Philly. So it's like relatively close to where I'm from, Baltimore. So I was interested in everything about them. So I'm like, okay, it's a good school. And then I heard about the quarterback before who was there, PJ Walker. He ended up, you know, going to XFL and then going to NFL. Then took my visit to UConn. Um, went up to UConn and I just felt like UConn compared to the other schools, you know, close to Carolina fits me, you know, for like my personality and everything. Only thing is close to Carolina had just finished FCS. So they this is their first year going to FCS. So I'm like, you know, they're not going to be as good. They're not going to really be on too much television, you know. So I'm like, okay, UConn and Temple is, you know, my decisions. So I got to UConn, and um, they were telling me, you know, UConn and Temple in the same conference, they're rivals, basically. Um, UConn has been on a, you know, rebuilding phase for a minute now, and they're, they're trying to rebuild. And um, the campus is completely different from Temple. Temple's, you know, in the city is downtown. You know, there's no separation between the campus and the city life. And then UConn, completely opposite. It's in the middle of stores, in the middle, far away from like Hartford. It's very quiet, peaceful. And um, I just felt like that's, that fits my personality. You know, a calm, conservative guy, just relaxed, that, you know, just wants to focus and play ball. And there's an opportunity, you know, come in and compete for the starting job. So, um, Coach Lashley had recruited me. Uh, Brett Lashley, he had just came from Auburn. He recruited me. And um, the funny thing, with, uh, he found out I was going to commit there. So when he showed me around the campus, um, we went to the bookstore. Like, that was the final stop of the, uh, just hanging with him for that day. Took me to the bookstore. We looking at stuff, looking at gear, and looking at uh, all the stuff in the bookstore that they had. And um, we walked past a Yukon hat. And he was like, yeah, you going to buy that? And he looked at me. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get it. So I guess he found out right there, like I was going to commit there. It was funny how I like I made my decision. So once I bought it, it's like he already knew I was committing. There. I already knew I was going there. But um, yeah, that's how I ended up at UConn. And then from there, um, started my UConn journey from there from 2017, 2018, junior, senior year, got to UConn and, uh, you know, started my uh, started my path there at UConn. You know, and you had a lot of success at UConn your first year, started some games. 
you know, but really it was that 2018 season where you just, you arrived, you, you came on the scene and, you know, and you alluded to UConn was in a rebuilding phase, but they had a big name coach there at the time in Randy Edsel, who had had a lot of success there. I remember growing up and UConn had guys like Jordan Todman and Donald Brown at running back. And like UConn, that was, you know, Randy Edsel's heyday. So what was it like being coached by a guy like Randy Edsel? Um, well, for one, I actually remember Randy Yessel because he was at Maryland. He's the guy who came to visit me at my high school when he was at Maryland. But um, it's funny how I, like, end up in the same situation. So um, when I got to uh, – when I was in junior college, um, Coach Lastly, him and Coach Cox, they recruited me. Um, it was, like, last minute. Coach Ed, Coach Lastly just got the job before signing day, like a week or two before signing day at UConn. And he recruited me and they offered me. And I'm just like, it's perfect. And then Coach Edsel had just signed to be the new head coach coming back to stores. So I'm just like, yeah, I remember Coach Edsel. He's at Maryland. He's the one who, you know, came to my high school and recruited me. So um, once he uh, he got me, we got uh, we sat down and talked. He was like, yeah, I remember you out of high school. We didn't think you were going to qualify and all this. I was like, yeah, I understand all that. He's like, well, you did what you had to do, and look where it got you. So we're back here. So, um, you know, Coach Edsel, I think he's a really good guy, good coach. Um, you know, he's straightforward with uh, – with his players, you know, he don't beat around the bush. He tells you, you know, the truth. He wants the best out of you. He's going to bring the best out of you. Uh, he coaches really hard. And um, I have pro- I have no problem with that. You know, I like to, you know, tell me the truth. Don't try to baby talk to me and talk behind my back. Just tell me the truth. Tell me what I need to work on. Tell me, you know, if I'm doing something wrong. And that's the type of coach he is. You know, he uh, he like a, he's like a really strict coach. And, um, you know, I, I had no problem with it. He's a really good guy to me. I was a good guy to him. And, uh we, we had a good relationship. Um, a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, good things that uh, happened that year. And um, unfortunately, we didn't have the season we won as far as, you know, wins and losses. But I think we had a pretty good season offensively and what we did. And uh, we ended up getting a new offensive coordinator that year, too. So Coach S, Coach Lashley came 2017 uh, for one year and then he ended up going to SMU. Then we got Coach Dunn. He came from Chicago Bears. He's an offensive coordinator. And he – um. He's, I think he's the reason how I, where I, for a lot of my success, 2018, because he, um, when I met him in the off season, he came in end of 2017, right after the season, came in, sat down, talked with me, we built a relationship, you know, got to know each other. And he basically taught me football, like each year from like high school, JUCO, like my offense coordinator, my QB coach, they taught me like little bits of stuff. But Coach Dunn is like he put the icing on the cake. Like he taught me everything. Like he basically taught me football and like understand the game and, you know, playing situational football and knowing like down and distance stuff. He just break down, broke down football to me, which is re- the reason why I think I had a lot of success that 2018 year, because, um, you know, with coach Lashley, I think when he got me out of junior college, junior college, it's not like the competition there is you no, know, it's college football. But at the end of the day, I think the difference between junior college and division one is um junior college, you know, those guys just rely on that talent. Nobody's really, you know, mentally there as far as, you know, at a high level, or if everybody, and then, you know, Division One, everybody, you know, mentally smart and, you know, physically gifted. So um, that's the thing that I got exposed for my my first first year at UConn at 2017 when I started, you know, I was just in there, you know, going off talent, just, you know, trying to, you know, make throws and move around just based off, you know, my athleticism. But then you realize, you know, these guys just as good as you, just as fast as you, so you actually have to know football. So that's one thing I didn't really think I had with Coach Lassie. I didn't understand the game of football. So, you know, when I started, they ended up having to take me out, put uh, Brian in, 
And then I had to, you know, learn from him and then get my spot back to, you know, regain that confidence and opportunity. But um, what Coach Dunn, you know, he basically taught me football throughout the whole offseason from winter to spring ball during that summertime. And then throughout the fall, you know, we just kept, you know, meeting, meeting each other, doing a lot of meetings, talking, breaking down football, understanding situational ball. And, uh, you know, when I when I learned the game mentally and my knowledge of the game grew, I just felt like the game came much slower to me. So, like, my decision-making was much quicker. I knew where to go to the ball. I knew where I'm going in certain situations and two-minute drill and everything like that. And then it just carried over. So, you know, after my senior season, you know, playing pro ball in all these leagues, you know, arena ball, fan control, CFL, and now here in Japan, it just bring, makes the game much slower to me because I understand the game. And as I'm, you know, playing at these next levels, I, each each year I learn more and more from a, a, a different coach. I'm learning more about the game. So, it just makes my, my knowledge of the game much broader and it, it just slows the game down for me and makes me a better player. You know, and you alluded to Michael Vick being what got you into football. And I remember your senior year, uh, you know, if, if there's a current college quarterback, I would compare you to um, Louisville's got a guy by the name of Malik Cunningham and you and him. Are oh, yeah, very, I watched it. Yeah, oh, yeah. Very similar. You, your, your senior year, man, what was it? I believe it was 1,139 rushing yards, single-season UConn quarterback record. What? Yeah, 11, like 1,100-something yards, yep. You know, and that was – you know, I remember your senior year. Coming out, it was kind of, hey, somebody's going to bring you in, NFL-wise. Mm-hmm. Somebody's going to – you know, that, that that's too much athleticism not to bring in. And, you know, mm-hmm. you got some NFL workouts. You got some NFL opportunities. Talk about what that was like. Obviously, you know, never really latched on, but there was a lot of good opportunity that came from that. Oh, yeah. You know, I was first off, I was thankful for just being in that situation and just having an opportunity, you know, a team interested in me from the NFL because, you know, I'm a dude who just started playing football, sophomore year of high school, didn't know anything about Division One ball. And then, you know, now, you know, you got NFL teams calling for me. So it's just like, wow. Um, and I never was a kid who wanted to always, you know, my dream was playing NFL. For me, the uh, motivation came from, you know, I just wanted to see how far my, my potential could take me. You know, every year is just another stepping stone, like another opportunity to come to me. So another one, I'm just going to keep going for it, see how far I can go with it. Because, you know, coming from high school to junior college and junior college, division one and division one to the NFL and CFL, it's just like, let's just see how far this can take me. And, um, you know, for me, it's just been like, having that opportunity to uh, have a pro day, perform in front of scouts and show what I can do. It's just, you know, a lot opportunity a lot of guys don't get. And I was just thankful for it because um, I talked to, like, throughout the process, like after senior season, um, I probably talked to, I think, like 17, 18 teams. And, um, you know, all of them were saying they want to see me, you know, play, you know, other positions and all. But one thing they all – you know, took uh, notice of was my, my athletic ability and my ability to, you know, make plays and play ball. And they said, they all said the same thing, you know, you can play at the next level, you could definitely be on a roster somewhere. Um, somebody just has to know how to, you know, utilize you. And um, with that, my mindset going into, you know, my whole draft prep and draft process was, you know, I just wanted to get on a roster. So whatever I had to do, I, I'll do that because, like, now I'm getting ready for the NFL. I can do something a lot of people can't, haven't done. So I just want to get on a roster. So, as I'm talking to these teams, they were telling me on my pro day, they'll, they'll want to see me, you know, run routes, uh, do some do some running back drills, catch punts and everything like that. So I'm like, okay, cool. As long as I get to, you know, show my throwing. I was like, okay, cool, that works, yeah. So I got to my pro day. I did all the, you know, the testing. 
And then um, first thing I did was throw. So I did my throwing script. Once I did my throwing script, guy from the Patriots, he, he came up to me like, yeah, your pro day is done. Um, we don't need to see you run routes or anything like that. You you have an arm, man. So after that, I'm just like, okay, I'm locked in. Now. I'm good because I don't have to do all this extra stuff that I've been training for that I don't really know how to do. I've never done before. So after that, you know, I was done. So um, track prep, I talked to the Ravens, Titans. I talked like 17 teams, but teams I talked to most like the Ravens, Titans, Worked out for the Ravens, Titans, um, Saints, those three teams, you know, I did workouts for. And um, teams, Ravens, I think, was the team to talk to the most. That's like, that would have been a perfect situation for, like, the offense they have with Lamar. I'm from Maryland. It's literally, like, right there. And, um, you know, Coach, I think it's Urban Smith. I think that was QB name. He, yeah, he, he wanted to just keep talking to me and keep in contact with me. And uh, he's like, yeah, we're going to uh, probably take a quarterback in the late round. Uh, so just, you know, keep your phone ready and stuff. So, you know, my heart's pounding and everything. I'm just thinking, you know, wow, I'm about to get drafted by the Ravens in the late round or just be on the Ravens. And um, draft came, ended up getting uh, another guy. But, um, you know, I was just like, in my mind, I wasn't mad or anything because it's like, I don't know nothing about this stuff. I'm still learning. This is all new to me. Like, if I get on a team, I'm just going to be thankful for that. So I didn't really care. It's like, dang, I didn't get picked. Well, oh, well. So my agent called me. He's like, yeah, just keep your phone around. Somebody's going to call you. So first team called me was um Chicago Bears. They said, yeah, we, we want to bring you in as a receiver or something like that. And would you be interested? I'm like, sure. But um, we're just going to wait. Agent said, you know, don't don't uh, commit to anything yet. Next, uh, Tampa Bay called me. They said, yeah, we want to bring you in as a you know, receiver, running back, punt return, see what you can do. I was like, cool, that's fine. And my agent still just said, just wait, just hold just hold." So then the Vikings called me. Um, Coach QB at quarterback, so he talked to me. He's like, yeah, David, it's coach from the Vikings. Um, we know a lot about you. We watched you senior year. We watched you gave her Syracuse. And um, you're an electric runner. I know a lot of teams probably talked to you and, you know, interested in bringing you in as an athlete and all. And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, well, the difference between us is we think you can do some things with, your, with the ball in your hands, but we also think you can play quarterback. So we want to bring you in as a quarterback. I'm just like, just perfect, just perfect situation. Cause then I started doing my research. I'm like, a couple of years ago, they had the quarterback, uh, I think named Davis Webb or yep. Joe Webb, something, something Webb that he was like a mobile quarterback like they use. So I'm like, oh, this is perfect. Vikings want me as a quarterback. So I'm going up there. So I told my agent, he's like, yeah, let's, let's, let's go to minicamp with the Vikings. So we went up to minicamp with the Vikings, got up there. And um, it was crazy. So when I got up there, um, he's like, yeah, you're going to be a quarterback. I do the walkthroughs with the quarterback, go to the meetings with the quarterback coaches and everything. And then the first day of uh, practice, we actually get on the field. Um, the head coach, I mean, our offensive coordinator comes up to me while we're stretching and stuff before I could even take a throw or anything. I think he's uh, the head coach for the Browns now. He um, he came up to me. He's like, David Pindo. I'm like, yes. He just took my jersey from me. He's like, here you go. He gave me a white jersey. White is like offense. Purple was defense and red was quarterback. So he gave me a white jersey. He's like, we want you to go with the running backs today. So they just had me go with the running backs. And second day, they ended up having me go with the receivers. And I'm just like, having get out one shot to throw the ball, take a snap and show what I can do at quarterback. And I'm just like, yeah, this is just complete fail. Like, I didn't get – I came over here to play quarterback and then I didn't get to do what I wanted to do. So, you know, running back didn't really work out because I never took a handoff in my life. My first live, live rep with the team, I tried to take a handoff, fumble. So I was just like, this is a disaster. I don't want to do this. And, you know, I was just, you know, I was just shying away from reps while I was in there, you know, 
going through the reps and stuff, I just kept getting to the back of the line, like, because I wasn't trying to embarrass myself. Like, I've never done this. I don't want to embarrass myself. So then, you know, the week after that, you know, Antoine Randuel, he's the receiver's assistant coach for the Bucks, And he's like, yeah, David, we, we still want you down here. So if you want to come for a minicamp to uh, the Bucks, because you're allowed to go to, like, two minicamps, we want to bring you in. So we went down there, and um, same situation. I'm over there playing receiver and punt return, and, you know, first punt return goes through my hands, and it's just like a disaster, embarrassing myself. So I didn't want to really do that. So I, I ran receiver much more a little more because I'm a little more comfortable just catching the ball rather than running the ball and catching punts. I'm in there, you know, I'm having a hard time lining up because from a quarterback perspective, I don't worry about how the receivers line up. I just know where you're supposed to be. I know the play. I know everything else. But lining up is completely different. So I get out there. Every other play, the coach, hey, David, move inside the numbers, get outside the hash and all this stuff. And he he had, he had brought me in one-on-one. He's like, yeah, we uh, you, you, we got to baby you too much. We got to tell you how to line up and stuff. And I understand, like, you know, this is your first time and all this, but you know, then at NFL level, we, we're not allowed to, you know, baby you or teach you. Like, we're trying to move fast. I'm like, I totally understand that. But, um, you know, i never done this before. So I was like, I'm like, yeah, I totally understand it. Totally get it. Guys, let me go. It's all good. I understand. I appreciate that. So I was like, yeah, cool. But as soon as I got back home, I'm like, yeah, I just want to play quarterback. That's when I realized I don't want to play any other position. I want to play quarterback. So I just continued to train and everything. And then um, what I do – my Instagram, I used to post all my videos, all my throwing videos, all my throwing workouts and everything, and um, just keep posting. i just been posting them still to this day. I just post them, post them, post them. And, you know, I meet a lot of people through that. Like, people reach out to people, follow me and all this stuff. So I met an agent. He reached out to me. He said, yeah, David, I'm uh, I'm watching your videos, and I'm like, this guy's got a really good arm, and I watch your highlights. And I'm just wondering, why aren't you on the NFL team or anything like that? And I'm just – I told him my situation. And then he was like, what about CFL? Have you thought about that? I'm like, uh, I mean, I'd be interested if I could play quarterback, but um, I don't know too much about it. Like that. He's like, well, I'm a CFL agent. Um, Give me a call. If I can get you signed on the team, you know, by the end of this week, would you be down? Or would you be, do you have a passport? I'm like, yeah, I do. Sure. So later that week, he got me on a phone call Montreal. I ended up going to Montreal for CFL. It was literally like last, like two, three weeks of the season, 2019, they were getting ready for the playoffs. So they brought me up there and um, got to, you know, see what the CFL was like. You know, I didn't get to play because it was playoffs time. Vernon Adams was starting and he, you know, doing his thing. But being able to practice with him, learn the game a little bit and get a taste of it, I was able to do that and um, show my little bit of me, you know, my potential just moving around on the practice squad and stuff. So um, they liked me. They, they said they want to bring back in for uh, mini camp for 2020, see what I can do and go from there. And then COVID ended up happening and, um, 2020 came and went. I just trained and trained and trained and then worked. 2021 came in early January. I wasn't signed anywhere. And then um, Quavo, he ended up actually messaging me. He DM'd me out of nowhere. So I'm just like, I'm telling my boys, like, yo, Quavo DM'd me, like the rapper Quavo. And I'm like, you're lying. I showed him, like, I don't make, I don't make music or nothing. So like, why is he DMing me? But I messaged him, like, what's up? He's like, what's up, man? You still balling? I'm like, yeah. He's like, you, you, you still trying to play somewhere? I'm like, of course. So like, I got the fan control football team that I'm uh, the owner of, new league and stuff. Um, I want you to be my quarterback. I've been watching for a while. I want you to be my quarterback. I'm thinking it's a joke. So I was telling my boy, he's like, nah, I heard of that league before. It's like a new league, Johnny Manziel and stuff. So then Quavo sends me like the video, the jerseys and the promotion. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm definitely going to do it. It's Quavo, you know, it's Quavo. I know he, he used to, he, everybody in the world knows. So I'm like, yeah, I do it. So I went down there 2021 and ended up playing. 
had a little bit of success there. We ended up uh, losing the championship uh, game. But, um, you know, it was fun. Fun opportunity. Met some good people. Got to compete, play ball. But at the end of the day, it wasn't real football, like 11 on 11. It was like, it was like entertainment football as far as, you know, the rules and the way it goes. So I was like, yeah, I'm not interested in this anymore. And after the season, you know, Albany called me in arena league. I wasn't signing, so I'm like, you know what? I'm still on play. I just go to I just go to Albany. You know, it's up the street from Maryland, five hour drive. Get to learn a little about about arena, see what that's like. So I ended up going there. Backed up Tommy Grady, so he's his name's Tommy Grady, but he's literally like Tom Brady of arena league. He has like I think like six, seven rings, and he's like an old guy who's just a vet at that playing behind him. So I'm like, I already know my situation. Back up behind the Grady, so I'm like, I have no problem with that. I get to learn the game a little bit and. You know, when I get my opportunity to go in, I go in. So I got to play a lot because we used to blow teams out. When I go in, I think I had about four touchdowns for last year, last season, which is good for like a backup because coming there, you know, learn the game, do what you got to do, you know, have a little bit of success. And we uh we ended up winning the championship. So um that was fun. Then I ended up re-signing with Albany uh, right after the season. They, they wanted to bring me back in. They wanted to re-sign me, you know, bring me in as the guy for the next season. And then – um. On my birthday, January 2nd, coach calls me early in the morning, like 7 o'clock. He's like, hey, Dave, what's going on? Um, how's everything? I'm like, everything's good. Uh, I watch your Instagram videos all the time. You throw on, you look amazing, all that. He's like, yeah, but, well, we called early in the morning. We just got to make a business decision. We want to trade you to Orlando. So in my mind, I'm like, I don't have no problem with this because, like, Orlando's a fun city. It's cool. But, um situation so i'm like in albany you know they're paying from old housing and everything and they give me a full contract much more pay and everything like that but um orlando they were telling me you know if we pay for your housing uh contracts will be much lower or we can give you a higher contract you just gotta find your housing so i'm like that makes no sense i rest in albany so he's like are you would you like that trade i'm like no nah, i'm good so i'm just like you know what i'm not going back to albany i'm just not playing football i'm not playing arena well, I'm not playing arena. I'm just not going to Albany. I'm not not doing indoor thing no more. Forget it. So I wasn't signed. So the dude I've been training with that's here with me in Japan right now, he's from Baltimore. He uh, Devin Phelps, he uh he signed with the Cardinals in 2020. Uh, um I post on my Instagram all the time when we're working out. I post our throwing all the time. So um I guess people I've I've recruited from the X League been following me or reaching out to him. And they uh they seen he was working out with me and they reached out to him and said yeah you think you can get David in contact we've been trying to reach him since like 2019 and he told me he like yeah man it's the league in Japan they uh they're interested in you. they trying to talk to you get on a call like it's decent decent football uh real good salary and all that and I'm like I'm not going to Japan I'm thinking it's a joke like, I pay him no mind so I'm just like, whatever so then uh he sent me that Instagram page like the X League Instagram I seen it was verified so I'm like okay wait let me look into it so I'm looking at it it's legit. It's like 11 on 11. I'm like, that's all I want to do. I want to play outdoor football, 11 on 11, like real football. So I'm like, okay, yeah, get on the call. So I got on the call with him, and um, I'm talking to him. He was like, yeah, it's uh, it's basically football in Japan. It's overseas. You know, we allow four Americans per team. Uh, competition is probably equal to, you know, Division two, Division one, FCS football in America. I'm like, okay, cool. That's, that's 11 on 11 American rules, right? He's like, yes. I'm like, you guys pay? like yes and he you know broke down the salary and stuff i'm like oh yeah perfect i want to come there so once he found that he he found out like i'm interested in this league three other teams for this league called they all reached out to me on instagram 
So they're like, yeah, we're interested in bringing you in. We want you, blah, blah, blah. And uh, one team at the end of that, after that call, he's like, yeah, can we fly to uh, L.A. this week for a workout? I'm like, sure. So they flew me and Devin to L.A. for the workout. And um, we did the workout, killed the workout. They offered us a contract. Then right after that workout, another team called me. He was like, hey, can, are you uh, are you local? I'm like, I'm in L.A. right now. They're like, well, can we get you to, can we fly to Atlanta for a workout? I'm like, sure. I'm like, okay, now I feel like I'm back in college all over the recruit process. Are. So went to Atlanta for a workout, did the workout there. Coach loved me. He offered me a contract. Then I talked to one more team after that, like later that week. Uh, and they, they didn't do a workout for me. They just called it like, yeah, we watch the film. We're interested. We want you and all this stuff. So I'm looking at all the opportunities. And the three teams that called me, they're, three, like, they're the three best teams in this league. And then the team that I'm actually signed with, they're like they're like the worst team in this league. So I'm just like, you know what? It's easy to just be at the top and, you know, just win a championship. I want to see how good I really am. So I ended up signing with this team. And then Devin, he signed the same team as me. We came out here, did our thing, and now we we are in the playoffs. We're undefeated right now. Well, 6-1, and one, and we, uh, we're getting ready for our first playoff game uh, this Sunday. So, you know, it's been a good ride so far. It's just, you know, being able to show, like, how good your tap potential really is just, you know, the team that didn't win any games last year, and now we six and one going into playoffs. It just showed, you know, gives you some confidence in how legit your game really is. Because, you know, the easier guy would have just took the money and went to the, the better team and just did that. And I'm just like, for me, it's not really about the money. I want to play ball and see how far I really can go. You know, you do your thing and you show that you can actually ball. And you know, the money will come later. So I'm just, you know what, I came to this team and, you know, we basically helping change the program and making a, making a difference. And, um, you know, I think we have a good shot in beating this team on Sunday and, you know, getting ready for uh, Rice Bowl, which is like the Super Bowl out here. So, you know, just thanks for everything. You know, everything happens for a reason, you know, you know brought me to where I am today. You know, and there, there's so much to unpack with your journey because it's just insane. I mean, going from people telling you, hey, I'm not really sure you're a quarterback to – now being the guy, you know, and I, I, I got to ask you first, which one shocked you more when Quavo DMs you and says, hey, come quarterback my team, or when somebody tells you there's pro football in Japan, which one shocked you more? They both shocked me. It's, I don't even know. It's equal because I'm like, I'm just thinking it's a joke, like football in Japan. I'm like, I knew it's football in Europe and even in Mexico, like these little small leagues, but like Japan, I'm like – Japanese football players, like, no, there's no way there's football in Japan. Plus, I'm not going that far. My first time ever leaving the country was 2019, and I went to Montreal, which is an hour above, like, a couple minutes past New York. So I'm like, yeah, I'm not I'm not going to Japan. You're crazy. And then when I seen it, like, I knew how bad I wanted to play football, and I didn't want to play indoor football. I wanted to play outdoor. I'm like, I'll do whatever to play outdoor. And then I seen it was legit. And then I got somebody coming with me that I'm cool with, that I got a relationship that I'm close with, too. Like, you know what? Let's try it. And, you know, now I'm enjoying it. Like, I want to come back here. Like, if I don't pick, get picked up by one of the XFL teams or, you know, get signed to one of them in the offseason, then it's like there's no question I'm definitely coming back out here. You know, and I got to ask you with that fan-controlled football, because we've had a couple guys on, you know, who played in that league. And, you know, it, for folks who don't know, I mean, you watch the games on Twitch and the fans yeah. get to, you know, vote on your plays. Did you ever have a fan – pick a play that you were like, dude, what are you thinking? Like, did you ever want to like yell at whoever was picking the plays sometimes? Yeah, that was probably like every play, every play, you know, 
So, you know, how they do it is like each team has, I think, like two quarterbacks and every other drive you switch quarterbacks and quarterbacks get drafted every week. I was franchise tag, so I was already on that team automatically. But one week, I think it was me and then the other quarterback, uh, he's not like, I think it was, uh, I think Brandon, he's more like a pocket passing dude. So every time I go in, it's just like either all verticals or quarterback run. And I'm just like, I got toward the end of the season, like the last couple games, I'm just like, hey, Cavante or James, hey, run this route. If they run this, just run this. So I was like, I switch it up because I'm like, we get, we backed up in the end of the, back of the end zone. They call four vertical. I'm like, no, let's just take the short stuff. I used to just auto because I'm just like, I'm not about to just keep chucking it deep and we, we have no chance three and out, three and out, three and out. But um, yeah, those, those fans, when they're in control, it's just like, Bombs over Baghdad or a QB run. So I was just like, I used to just audible it. You know, and I, I got to ask you, you know, because like you said, you're in Japan now, you're enjoying it, you know. And folks oftentimes think that if you don't make it to the NFL, if you don't make it to the CFL, or now the USFL and XFL, that you can't make money being a pro. And it's not true. I mean, a lot of these leagues that pay for your housing plus give you a contract, you're getting to travel mm-hmm. the world. So what would you tell? guys who are like, well, I'm not going overseas to play, you know, what would you kind of tell them to like, let them know, like, Hey, <laughs> you can do this and make, you know, a nice living and get to see the world. Yeah. For, for dudes who don't know about professional football overseas stuff, you know, it depends on like your mindset. What are you in it for? Cause some people could be in it just for the money. And then some people are in it because, you know, that's what they want to do for a living. That's what they love it. And, you know, they don't care about the money. So I feel like if you're just trying to make money, um, you know, playing overseas football probably isn't the thing for you. You might as well just get a real job, find a uh, career where you can have longevity. But if that's really what you want to do, if you're, if it's your passion, you can definitely make a living because there's a lot of benefits for overseas football, whether that's CFL, Mexico, Europe, Japan, um, you know, to take care of your housing, your meals, your travel, all your expenses that you, you would normally have to cover back at home and you get to play football. Now, the difference between the leagues is, you know, they don't pay as much as NFL and CFL. Like in Mexico and Europe, I know, you know, they pay monthly pay, which is, you know, I've heard, you know, between, you know, 700 and like 1,500 monthly. But um, I found out here about Japan, you know, the monthly salary is – you actually get paid more than what they get paid in the CFL uh, as far as, you know, rookie deals. And then over here, you every year, you know, your contract can go up. So I feel like, you know, this was a blessing because I'm thinking, you know, it's American football, it's in Japan and stuff, and they probably won't have, you know, the overseas rates with, you know, 1200 1500 a month. Over here, you know, like the rookie salary, like I have no problem talking about salary. So every month, uh, my salary is 900,000 yen. So 900,000 yen is about six seven thousand dollars a month and then on top of that so every win bonus is there's a three thousand dollar bonus for every win so we even win so every month i'm basically making about nine thousand dollars and then um you know playoff wins double so it's like four thousand dollar bonus and then you win the rice bowl that's fourteen thousand dollar bonus so you basically you basically making if you put it all together you up to like sixty seventy thousand a month and i've been here since june so from june to November, that's all I've been getting paid, but they normally bring players in around like February, March. So basically you hit a whole year and then, you know, every year, you know, they renegotiate contracts. I'm just like, oh yeah, this is, I'm actually getting paid more than, you know, CFL guys who are like on rookie deals or like one, two year deals. So it's like, and the competition here is like, not to brag, it's not like, it's not like NFL competition, but it's like kind of dominating because for one, 
we have the American guys have more knowledge than the players over here. And then uh, the athleticism, you know, there's just a big difference. But um, at the end of the day, you know, it gives you a little confidence being able to, you know, just dominate and be a help to another team. So it's like you can't you can't beat that. You can definitely make a living out of here. You're making decent amount of money. You're playing ball that you love. And then the one thing that are, that's completely different is over here. So America, CFL, even in Europe, you know, you practice, you know, Tuesday through Friday, travel on a Saturday or whatever, and play maybe Sunday. Here, you only practice Saturday and Sunday. Monday through Friday, do what you want. You're on your own, but you only practice Saturday and Sunday. So it's like you literally get paid for two days of work throughout the month. Practice Saturday, Sunday, and you play a game every two weeks. So it's just like, it don't get no better than that. You only practice Saturday, Sunday, you play every two weeks, and you get paid this amount of money, and like you have your own house paid for, your own food and everything, and it's just like, it don't get no better than that. So that's why it's just like, wow, this is a blessing. Like, I'm, I'm appreciative for this opportunity, and, um, you know, I'm definitely be excited to come back here next year if, you know, I don't get picked up by an XFL team or, you know, get recruited by, like, an NFL or anything like that, but this is definitely like make a name for yourself out here. You know, the people out here, they, uh, they already tell me they want me to come back for next year. Um, the people out, the fans out here, like I've met a lot of people who want to you know, do quarterback training out here. Cause, um, when I first got out here, I got, I did a little Instagram video or like TikTok video, just quarterback throwing. And I posted on Twitter and I was like, yeah, any Japanese quarterbacks or football players that want to train or learn from me, you know, reach out to me. So I posted it and like, I think I got like thousand, two thousand, you know, people from Japanese just reach out to me because over here, they're they're all about you know honor, and respect, and like growing and just being the best they can be at whatever it is they do. So you know they take football serious as far as you know like learning the position like every day. You know, there's they, people ask me questions: How do I do this? How do I do this? How do I do this? they want to get better? They want to you know be really good at what they do. So it's just like you know they you'd be able to come out here and make a difference and make an impact out here as far as, you know, just training them and teaching them the game of football. You know, you can't beat that. You're impacting somebody's lives and that takes you a long way rather than just, you know, being just a, a one, just a football player, you know, just being able to impact somebody, I think takes you, takes you a longer way. You know, when you brought up the TikTok, so I, I, I've got a question. I was, you know, I, I followed your TikTok and you posted a video a while back that I was blown away by. And that was the skipping of the rocks and how oh, it yeah. helped develop your throwing motion. And I've watched oh, yeah. and your spiral is so tight now. So I want you to explain that one to me. How did skipping rocks help develop your throwing motion? Yeah. So for one, my favorite quarterback is Aaron Rodgers. Like growing up was Michael Vick. And then ever since I started learning football, it's Aaron Rodgers. So when I used to you know watch stuff in college, like at, uh, at my junior college in UConn, I used to watch Aaron Rodgers all the time. I just watch his videos, watch his offense, watch practice, anything on YouTube that's Aaron Rodgers, just watch it, just learn from him. So um, one day I was just, you know, watching him, uh, watching him throw, and it just looked like he just skipping rocks, just pew, pew. So I go to the water one day. I was at the, uh, the little lake one day, and I just had all these little, these little, uh, little rocks, and I'm just at the water. There's a big body of water. It's just clear. There's nothing in there. So I'm just throwing the rocks, just pew, just skipping them. So my, my throwing form used to be, you know, traditional over the top, like all quarterback. So one day I'm just, you know, skipping the rocks and the rocks is just going far, just flinging them and I'm flinging them. And I'm um, like, it's, it's not hurting my arm or anything like that. It's not hurting anything. So I just started, you know, I get to, I get to football one day. I'm out there throwing, I'm just skipping. I'm just throwing the ball like this with ease. And it's just, it's just, 
you know, it's not hurting. It's coming out fast, nice power and everything. So then I started, you know, taking the drop, three-step drop, hitting five-step drop, doing it. So about a year, two years, I've been doing that. And then I just realized, you know, over time, you look at all my videos, look at my all the videos, it's like my, 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 my throwing form gradually changed over time because, you know, you practice habits, you know, after a while, they start turning to, you know, the real thing. So I'm just like, wow. Because everybody, you know, messages me all the time when I post my video. They say, yeah, dude, how do you throw such tight spiral or how do you get your throwing form like that? Like, you just you just look like it's effortless and then it's not the traditional way. Like, it's weird, but it's really, you know, amazing the way you throw. And I'm just like, I posted that video on it. I'm like, yeah, where I got my uh, my throwing form from, the, uh, the, the influence behind it was, you know, I was at the field one day. Like, obviously it was Aaron Rodgers, but. One day I actually did just go out there, skip some rocks, skip some rocks, and I tried it. I'm like, let me do it with a football, see how this looks. And it, it worked out. And then now it's just like that's my that's my throwing motion. This is like wow. So I just that's why I posted that video. So I gotta ask you too, you know, coming from Maryland and now living in Japan, what was the uh biggest cultural difference that you had to get used to? Um, out here, for one. It's very clean out here. There's no dirt out here. There's there's no trash out here. It's very very clean out anywhere you go. It's just very clean. Um, no crime out here. It's just very very safe. But um, biggest culture thing I have to say is uh, walking into buildings like when you go into certain places. Well, not certain. But most places you go to, let me say ninety five percent of places you go to, you have to take off your shoes. So when we first got here, we don't know anything about this country. So we go to the gym. We go to Gold's gym for the uh, the first day, and um, my boy, I have no tattoos, but my boy, he has tattoos from like his arms all the way down to his legs. And um, we go in the gym. He got his shirt, like he got a uh, half sleeve on shirt, and he got some small shorts on. We go in there, we working out, and then he takes his shirt off in the gym, and we working out. He's like, "Yeah, record me." So I'm recording him. So after we leave the gym, uh, we get a call from our team general manager, and he's like, "Yeah, we uh, you guys." We, uh, you guys got banned from the gym for two weeks. We like, what we do? And it was like the lady reported that uh, one of you guys uh, had your tattoos showing and uh, you guys didn't take off your shoes and you guys were recording in the gym. And she basically was like, yeah, those are you know, Japanese rules. Like you're not allowed when you have, you have tattoos, you have to cover them up because they look at you as like Yakuza, which is like the gangs out here. Um, you're not allowed to take your shirt off in the gym. You're not allowed to record in the gym because they say recording is like, like a perverted thing or something like that and then everywhere you go like everybody you go into you go to a restaurant food store anywhere gym you have to take your shoes off when you go in take your shoes off but we did not know none of this stuff so that's the one thing that's the biggest thing we we learned out here um just taking your shoes off covering your arms up um not recording in public places um also uh using chopsticks i still don't use them but i'll be trying to figure out how to use them. i use I try to ask whenever I go to I try to see if they have forks first. But um, that's one. Um, it's just it's just really the mindset of people out here, the way they do things. It's just like you know, in America, everybody's you know for themselves, and it's just like me, me, me. Here, everybody's just so helpful to each other. It's just like they put the person, they put somebody else before themselves. They all, everybody's mindset out here just work together, work together. They're so nice. They're so helpful. Like. We have this one guy who picks us up every Saturday and Sunday for practice who lives, I think, about, like, almost an hour away. He comes all the way from Osaka to Kobe, where we live at, just to pick us up, take us to practice, and he takes us home. And it's like the average person is, like, 
yeah, I'm not doing that. Just find your own ride. It's just like he does that on his own. Like I don't think they pay him money like that. He just says, yeah, I'll, I'll pick you guys up, picks us up. Um, yeah, I, everybody out here, they live much longer, I think, because they just take care of their bodies. Like you, you can go to a park right now, and there's probably like 50, 60 years old guys playing soccer, playing uh, basketball and stuff. It's like these people just work out all the time. They always walk in. Um, they don't they don't eat a lot of like sugar or like salts in their foods and stuff like that. They drink a lot of tea, a lot of coffee. That's like the one thing. Like you know, in America, somebody want to hang out. Hey, let's go have a drink or something like that. Out here, it's like, hey, let's go let's go get some coffee. Let's go have tea. And I'm like, yeah, I don't drink coffee and tea, but I'll still come hang out with you. So they um they definitely like take care of themselves out here, and um they they're not lazy. So those are some of the things that you know really stood out to me for the most part. I gotta ask you because you know I love Kroger sushi. Um, have have you had the sushi there in Japan? Is it better than my Kroger sushi? I don't eat sushi, but my teammate he loves the sushi. He goes to like new sushi place like every day. Sushi and ramen, he loves it. But me, I'm just so stuck on like just American food. So it's like it's not like burgers, patty, steak, or something like that. It's like eh, I haven't. I don't try stuff like that because I don't like the waste food. But him. He tries. He's been to so many restaurants. He goes all out for the restaurants and food out here. I, I got to ask you, because when you were at UConn, your uh, senior year 2018, there was a freshman D lineman who uh, ha- has made a name for himself a little bit. He got drafted this year to the Baltimore Ravens, a guy by the name of Travis Jones. Um, mm-hmm. what, was Travis that good as a freshman? Did you know that he was going to be kind of the wrecking animal he became at UConn? Um. I wouldn't say I knew he was going to have the potential, I mean, be who he was today. But, um, you know, when he came in, he he looked like he's ready to play because he's huge. He's a big dude. And uh, Coach Edsel is, you know, always, you know, on him and coaching him up because, you know, Coach is always winning. It's like he sees the potential in you. And Coach, you know, always tell him, just give him little tips, like when practice, they do this, do this, do this. And he used to get in with the ones, get in with twos. And my senior year, I think that was his freshman year, like he's just coming in. So it's like you got this big freshman already taking reps with the ones and stuff. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, he's going to be special. And then, you know, he was making plays when I was out there practicing. So it's just like you can only get better from here. And um, he already had to say he was already a big dude, big dude, big, big kid who always had a smile on his face. So um, he's just, you know, a good kid and everything. But um, I did not I did not know he's going to have a breakout year how he did. He had he broke. He he had a good year, you know, got him on the Ravens. You know, I applaud him for that, and he did his thing. But, um, yeah, he uh, he, he, he was a big kid. That's all I can remember. You know, he was a big kid, and he came in, and he basically got playing time. And, you know, at practice, he was going against my group already, like, as soon as he got, as soon as he got to UConn, which, you know, says a lot about him. What's the uh, What American fast food do you miss the most that you can't get in Japan? Chicken Alfredo. <laughs> Were you an chicken Olive Garden Alfredo. chicken Alfredo, or what? Where was the where's the spot to get? Yeah, more, more, mostly Olive Garden. Like there, it don't get no better than that chicken chicken Alfredo from Olive Garden, or just like a cheesesteak. That's what I miss a lot: a cheesesteak. So I I gotta ask you too. You know, we we had Aaron Ellis on recently, who's also playing in the X League, and he talked. He described the fan engagement as like a cult following. The people who follow mm-hmm. it follow it religiously. What's your what's your fan experience been like? You know your interaction with the fans there in Japan. Yeah, I I agree I agree with them like that. So um, 
all the teams out here, they're like company teams. So you're basically playing for like a company and um at the games. So, you know, everybody at the games, you have a company shirt on. So every the better the better teams, you're gonna see more fans and more shirts of that company. So when we got to, when we had our game, like the game, so we had a, a game before us, the game before us was another team. We're watching them. The fans, the stadium was packed, all blue shirts that say Panasonic, because they're like the best team out here, Panasonic. So the whole stadium was packed in like dark blue. Then it was our game. Our game, you see everybody in Elecom shirts. You just like this little section over here, just little black shirts. And um I'm just like, yeah, we don't we don't have like fans and stuff like that. And the players like, oh no, 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 no. It's more uh they they're all for the company. They all that was basically the like the fans are basically people who work for the company, the supporters for the company. So I assume, you know, the bigger your company is, the more fans you get. And that's like those are people who are gonna support you. It's more like that. So it's like if this is not your team and stuff like that, they're not really gonna be there. It's mostly like you said, it's like a religious thing. Is this your religion, this your team, that's who's gonna be there, that's what sticks with you. Uh that's your team, that's your religion, that's who's gonna be at that game. So it's like I guess the more you win, the more people support you, the more, you know, more your company is goes up. So it's just like, you know, we're trying to, you know, get this thing turned around where this is like a big powerhouse team now. And then by next year, you know, we have that whole, whole state impact of black shirts. But um, yeah, the fan experience, you know, it's, it's like you said, it's more like a religious thing. Um, And it's more like a, you ever been to a tennis, tennis match or something like that golf? It's yep. more like that. It's like being at a football game out here. It's like that. So like you make a big player score a touchdown, or something. And people stand up, they clap, and then they sit down. It's just so proper and it's like peaceful. You know, whereas America, you know, score a big play. You know, everybody throwing bottles, going crazy, shaking the bleachers, everything. So like you, you feel like you, you know, you're playing pro football because you know a lot of people. You know, they once you make something big happen, you know, everybody cleaned up and clap for you, and everybody know who you are. But then it's just like for that quick second, two, three seconds, then it's like everybody sits down real peacefully. And the whole game is just people just sitting down watching. It's like more of like a like a like being at a tennis match rather than just being at a football game, you know? So that's that's another different different thing that I I've learned since I've been out here. What's your favorite thing to do, you you know, in your free time there in Japan? What's probably, you know, a leisure activity that you have discovered since being there? Um Shoot, for me, I just for me, what I do in my my free time, I like to walk around. I like to explore things. So I as much free time as I get, like right now it's getting cold, it's about 50 degrees right now. But like a month ago it was a little warm after practice or Monday through Friday, what I used to do, I go lift, stretch, watch film, and then I just come back and I just walk around Kobe. So this city is I think it's like third, like not the like seventh largest city out here. It's just new places to go every day, like new parts of Kobe to walk. So I'll walk to like Harborland. I'll walk to like Motomachi, Amagasaki. Just walk different parts of the city. Um, I haven't experienced too many activities yet, but um, I know there's a lot to do out here. A lot of people say there's a lot to do out here, but um, I'm still in football mode, so it's just like I'm not trying to do too much as far as like take vacations, explore this or that. It's just like. Once the season over and I get free time, then, you know, I have fun and try that thing. But for me, it's like I'm business first. I'm, I just when I get my little bit of free time, I just go walk around local places around here. And I'm back into, you know, studying film and getting ready for my opponent to the season's over. You know, and I want to, you know, you know, hey, I've had a blast having you on, man. It's been it's been an absolute blast. I want to end the episode and we end every interview with this. And that's 
having you guys give advice to high school players because you know we were all high school high schoolers at one point and who wouldn't have loved to pick the brain of a pro athlete so I want to start with having to give advice to a high school quarterback you know you will obviously you talked about it you got to the game late you weren't playing football your freshman year so if you could talk to a high school quarterback that's decided they want to try and play in college what advice would you give them to help take their game to that level to where they could be a college athlete yeah, so being in my position, you know, one thing I learned um, is that if you start, if you do something, if you start something and you just continue at it, no matter what the longevity of it is or what the future of it holds, if you start something and you just keep doing something every single day, you know, eventually you'll get over whatever hump it is or you'll move on to the next phase of that. So for me, it was um, every day, my fresh, uh, sophomore year, junior year, after uh, high school, like those off seasons, every day I used to just go outside. I used to watch a YouTube video. I used to type in quarterback training. I used to watch videos every day. And whatever I see, I just try new things over every day, just new things. Every day I just do some type of quarterback training just to, so I could say, hey, I know what this is. Or I know any, something about quarterback because I had no idea. I was empty. My, my mind was empty with the, the game of quarterback. So, as I did that every day, you know, sophomore year, junior year, senior year, and then throughout college, just every offseason, just go home and just try new things every day, every day, every day, and do something with something that has to do with quarterback. And, you know, it grows my mind as far as being able to play the game of quarterback, but also, you know, you're getting more comfortable, more comfortable with yourself. So for me, um, my goal was, you know, the more I could do this, the more I feel comfortable, you know, playing the game, throwing the ball, being able to throw far, doing this, knowing how to throw this route and that stuff. So as a high school quarterback that's, uh, you know, just getting into football and stuff, one thing I would say is if you want to play quarterback at Division One level or NFL, wherever level you aspire to be, just, you know, do something every single day towards your game. So whether that's, you know, watching film, lifting weights, um, just throwing, because that's one thing a lot of I get a lot of questions on how do you throw so you know well or like a tight spiral. It's just you know you take a million reps. If you could just go outside every day, and just learn your body, just learn how you throw, just keep trying new things every day, just try, try, try. Eventually, you'll you'll figure out. Oh, I could do this. I could try this. I could throw this way. I could throw like this. This is how you do this. And then you know you learn new things about yourself. You can try new things. So as a quarterback. Trying doing something everything every day, just one thing towards your goal. Um, eventually, you'll take that next step in whatever you're trying to accomplish. And then, um, obviously, you know, being able to go JUCO and have that experience, I say, you know, take advantage of you know your grades early in high school so you don't have to go to JUCO because I learned junior college is not guaranteed. You know, it's literally like. A raffle of kids, you know, seven, eight thousand junior college kids trying to get a division one offer and only so many get an offer. And um, you just got to you just got to it's a it's a big jeopardy game. If you can get recruited naturally out of high school and you know take the SAT scores and get good grades. Make it easy on yourself because junior college is it's it's a very, very, you know, 50 50 chance. But then again, you know, if you're really willing to bet on yourself. You know, junior college is not the end. You know, that's that's also another opportunity for you to get an opportunity to still, you know, chase your dream if you want. So just try something every day. Um, believe in yourself um, and just have a plan about how you're going to go about it. So for me, 
you know, as I got in the back end of my career as far as, you know, the pro level when I wasn't signed to a team, what I used to do because I told myself, you know, I'm still going to play football. I don't want to be done this early. So I used to tell myself, I'm going to just market myself, post as many videos as I can, um, just post as many videos as I can, try to get as many, you know, get your eyes on somebody. Like I said, if you just do something every day, if you post a video every day, eventually you're going to come across somebody's eyes. And that's how, you know, I met my agent. I met a lot of football players like Des Bryant, um, Michael Vick. And a lot of people, that's how I, I met all these people through social media. So I used to just, those those three things you live by, just, you know, having a plan, how you're going to go about it, believe in yourself, and then every day just do one thing every single day towards your goal, and you can accomplish that. David, it's been an absolute absolute blast to have you on, man. I wish you the best of the luck the rest of your season. I want to, you know, end it by letting you tell people where can they find your work. Obviously, you're heavy on Instagram and TikTok and Twitter, posting tutorials and giving, you know, videos to help show the younger generation, hey, here's what you can work on. Here's this motion, how it should look. Where can people find your work at, man? Yeah, so I'm on all social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, uh, David Pendel underscore, same at for all of them. Um, I try to message, I mean, answer as many messages as possible. So if you send me a message, you have a question, anything, uh, don't hesitate to reach out. Um, I'm a fairly uh, down-to-earth guy. I try to answer as many messages as possible. I'm not one of the people who just don't answer their messages. So if you have a question or a concern or just want to send me some film or anything like that, reach out to me, try to get back to you as quick as possible. David, absolute blast having you on, man. Best of luck the rest of the season. Can't wait to see how it ends up for you. But, folks, that's all we got for you guys this time. Like I always tell you guys, rate, subscribe, and review to the podcast. Until next time, we'll see you guys later. Have a good one.